At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Women took the word that probably the reason why it naturally happened is because it came from misogynist hip hop. And women listened to the music, loved the music, didn't really set well with them. And they said, just like the word, we own this word now. On today's podcast, we have two short. You can fast forward. I know I get it. But come right back because you do not want to miss it at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar see for yourself when you sign up today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes... I guess identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiments and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on Story Button, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. 
Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Champions to be a champion, a champion and carry champion and carry champion, a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment, connected with In a world with vulnerable, considered weak. Come and remove the veil from entertainment's elite. It's the difference between what is real and what the public sees. So here's your favorite celebrities behind the scenes. It's refreshing, authentic, the whole story specific. Life altering events to shape the person that you hear. We got a champion and carry champion. Hey girl, you did it. It's the greatest in sports and entertainment connected with every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion. Hey girl, you did it. Got a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment connected with. All right, folks, welcome back to Naked. I appreciate you for joining me. I'm pretty sure we got a lot of people from the Bay tuning in because Two Shorts on the podcast today. Uh, He gets into a lot of things. But before I talk about the secrets that you're about to hear, you know, the lifelong hip hop stories that folks want to know about, I got to give you some news and notes. And that means Dwayne's going to play this music. Okay, so guys, we're talking about Brittany Griner and... I got to keep it a buck. I'm not necessarily, I'm frustrated. Uh, I was on CNN this week and we knew that the trial was coming up on Thursday and we knew that more than likely Brittany Griner would plead guilty. So let me explain to you all why she pled guilty to the charges. It was because she's in Russia. Their conviction rate is 99%. Less than 1% of the people charged with crimes are found innocent. And what we have been told is that their justice system isn't like our justice system. If she would have pled not guilty, it was a sign of disrespect. And perhaps they could have given her a longer sentence because they thought she came to their country and she lied to them. It is a lot of ethics as it is here, but a different ethical system. So what I was told was that the philosophy was, if in fact she pled guilty, perhaps the sentence would not be as harsh. And then if in fact there was a trade, a prisoner swap, which you all have been reading about, that Putin, the president of Russia, would be able to pardon Brittany Griner, the WNBA star, along with the other Americans that have been wrongfully detained or at least classified as wrongfully detained in exchange for a true war criminal that we have here in the United States. So it works this way. Plead guilty because they will take mercy on you. And if, in fact, the president has said, President Biden has said he is working on getting her home because she and several other Americans are wrongfully detained. Perhaps Putin will say, all right, to my country here in Russia, it looks like I was generous enough to give you all a pardon because, again, she's convicted. She lied. She is a criminal. Not so much that she lied, but he just wants to look like, yeah, I'm in power. I decided to free this American along with these other Americans in exchange for somebody we really value, a true war criminal that's been here for 20 plus years, from my understanding. Now, this is so deep in the weeds and people are like, why in the world is she plead guilty? Why in the world is she not back home yet? Well, there are a couple of things. And this is when I said on CNN, we have to say the quiet part out loud. 
she's black, she's a lesbian, she's a woman. And quite frankly, no one cared. No one truly cared until her wife and along with a few other people that I know of and have heard of decided to make a lot of noise, decided to take this philosophy of not speaking about WNBA star Brittany Griner in a Russian detention center um, and say, guess what? We're, we are going to speak about it because if we don't, we need to put more pressure on the president, on our government to pay attention to who she is and perhaps you can bring her home. I believe the final straw was the letter that Brittany Griner wrote. She wrote a letter that was delivered to President Biden that essentially she's like, look, I'm a human. My dad was in Vietnam. I voted for you. I, along with these other Americans, are detained. I am someone's daughter. I am someone's wife. I matter too. Please see me as a human because if you don't see me as a human, I can't come home. And I was asked, on one of the shows, well, you know, her coach, Brittany Griner's coach here in the States said if it were LeBron or if it was Tom Brady, they'd be home. And I remember the lady, you know, who I was inter who interviewed me said, is that really true? And I said, well, look, it's a false equivalent because Tom Brady or LeBron James wouldn't have to go make money overseas to make ends meet. And some of you are like, whatever, she broke the law. She decided to go over there. She should have known we were in war. What's wrong with her? She did this. She did that. She's wrong. She's wrong. She's wrong. I get all of that. And, and, and yes, if you are the righteous police, sure, there are a lot of things that went wrong. Sure, there are a lot of things that she probably could have done differently. But I will tell you this. There are circumstances that you and I both don't know. And if, in fact, it was your mother, your sister, your cousin, your close friend, your best friend, your co-worker, your colleague, if you will, you want them home, no? Yes, you would want them home. You wouldn't be like, ah, they got you. Ah, so you got to spend 10 years for having that vape pen over there, huh? 10 years and they're going to give you a, a cool decade for a vape pen. Ah, oh, yeah, you should have known the law. I feel as if there's a lot of things happening there that we just don't know about. But the right thing to do is to bring her home. Just like the right thing to do is for us to give millions and millions, if not now billions of dollars in aid to Ukraine, right? I don't hear y'all saying, why are we giving them money? That's our time. And of course you're thinking that, but we're not making a huge fuss about it. It's the right thing to do. And the right thing to do is bring Brittany Griner home. And if you're listening to this, I need you guys to be aware and activated as I use every week. And make sure you talk to people about it, okay? Let's bring her home along with the other Americans that are wrongfully detained there. It's the right thing to do, damn it. It's the right thing to do. End of my rant and news and notes. Da -da 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 -da. All right, on to today's guest. So um, I have a funny story about today's guest. I think about three years ago, I reached out to him, asked him if he could perform at a house party that I was going to have. I wanted him to perform just on my birthday a few years back. Um, and I said, if not two years back, I want you to perform. He said, OK, I will. I'll do some of the classics. I'll do some of the favorites. And it never came through because I ended up going to, out of the country or something. It's just real hood with it. Didn't even follow through. But he was gracious enough to come on my podcast. Thank you so much. I will return the favor. And it's too short, y'all. And so here's the funny thing about what we discussed. 
If you are not from California, you don't know the difference between Northern California versus Southern California. And I've talked about it before when I had E40 on the podcast. And so, of course, we got into the differences between Northern California and Southern California. I asked him what he thought about the Super Bowl. Was he shocked that Ice Cube didn't participate? I heard it was because of the vaccine and he's not vaccinated, but I feel like there could have been more to it. I also asked him some of his greats. Who who are the icons, if you will? And believe it or not, and I shouldn't even be saying this, and I'm only going to use it once. Too Short made it okay for me anyway to hear the word every five seconds in a rap song. Well, it wasn't just Too Short, but when he says it, it's like with a certain flair and you be ready and you be like, biatch. This is not so friendly for young children, but you know what I'm saying. Sit back, relax, enjoy. Too Short on Naked. So first off, how have you been? What's going on? I've been seeing you at the, I, I mean, you've been at the games representing, performing the whole nine. That was, a, that was a moment for me. I really. I'm, I'm just active. Like, you know, I'm, it's this thing called hip hop and hip hop has all these little boxes. They try to put you in and, and hip hop just keeps breaking out the boxes and you, nobody's allowed to tell it what to do. So I'm just putting in another chapter of how long can one go? How long can you do this? Wow. And by the way, mm-hmm. you are a perfect example of musicians often reinvent themselves. Only the great ones do it. I think Madonna used to do it a lot for a long time. I would see her reinvent herself. Uh, Beyonce does it. Um, great artists do it. Michael do it. Janet did it. And in terms of what you do, uh, hip hop, they always try to put us in a box. I say us as if I'm a hip hop. And I, I, but you know what I mean? Like they try to put us in a box and we're seeing more mainstream. So a coach called me after you performed um, for Golden State and said, I remember he's been in the league 30 years. He's like, I remember a time when that would have never happened. <laughs> and it was beautiful to see. Yeah. Did you understand the monumental moment for you? Um, yeah, because, you know, I, I've been a sports fan my whole life. And as, as a sports fan, you know firsthand from being in the arena or the stadium, watching TV, there's not a smidgen of hip-hop in those 80s and 90s that was just seeping through. It just wasn't there. And it was amongst all of the players, football and basketball mainly, in their culture. They brought it to work with them. They put their headphones on. They worked out to it. But the, the the powers that be would not allow the music to come in. But, you know, the other side of that is now a lot of the teams, at least the ones that I'm affiliated with, have entertainment departments that are reaching out to hip-hop artists. And they are uh, making sure that the dancers, uh, you know, hip-hop is a part of it. It's the, it's the hottest thing. You got to do it. The songs are playing in the stadium. Even the cutaway songs are now, they're giving, like, up-and-coming producers, like, Action that you're sitting there watching the playoffs and your beat comes on. You're like, that's my beat. And it's like, yeah, it's a lot of that going on. So I feel it. It would have been dope if that soundtrack was in the background when Alan Iverson was playing. Would have been dope. It, it was supposed to be. And we, you know what we're seeing too? Now that corporate mainstream, whatever, as they, they always do adopt the culture, the hip hop culture, because that's where it starts. They're using it more in documentaries, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we saw, we saw how the, at the Super Bowl, for instance, that performance got a lot of pushback, but it was such a celebration of hip hop 
What was your take on it just from a performance standpoint? Well, I mean, it was genius. The, the, the set was genius to maximize each artist and capture the essence of Dr. Dre all at the same time to, to be a part of, you know, the hometown guy is performing in front of the hometown crowd. The, the almost never happened home team plays in the Super Bowl in their stadium. It only happened twice that I know of. And the, the time before that was the year before that. Yeah. Tampa. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was just all amazing. I, I, I really think that, you know, Dre thought it out. Dre's a perfectionist. So, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, you look at it like this, you, you could say, man, they're finally catching on. You could say that, but you could also say we're so relentless that you shut the door on us for so many years, so many times, and we're still coming and the, the genre is still growing. And you, you just like hip hop is the reason why hip hop is on the platforms now. Not because the platforms got wise, it's because hip hop just keeps growing. So we forced it on them when they should have got onto it, when they should have used hip hop in mainstream advertising, marketing, whatever they, whatever. They should have been doing it in the 90s. Definitely the, early, definitely yes. the early 2000s. To now, just now get on, this is a whole kind of different version of hip hop. You missed a whole other love yes. that millions of people love. You missed all of that Tribe Called Quest and, and you know, things from the Midwest and the East. Like you missed a whole thing. And now this this is a whole new hip hop. It's fun. It's it's you know, but it's still it's love. The the love for the genre. I never I never thought I would have to explain who Tribe Called Quest is or who to me it's just like if you're an artist and any a hip hop artist specifically, you should know the greats. You should know Too Short. You should know E40. You should know I mean it's interesting that you said it's two different forms of hip hop. What was it prior to and when do you see and when did you see it changing? As it as it has evolved, it's it's. I say it's two different form, two different kind of hip hop universes because of the generations. And there's a um, if you say well, I grew up on Too Shorty, Forty, you know, nineties, all that stuff. There's a hip hop before that too. It was a whole eighties vibe that before we reached our so called golden era of hip hop, the late eighties on into the nineties. Uh, there was a whole nother world of hip hop that had a whole different vibe. It was a whole, you know, the, the five boroughs in New York and the break dancing and, you know, the DJs and the spray paint cans and, and battles and dance battles and stuff. You remember that hip hop? So I'm Yeah, but do you think it's changed? Do you think that the essence of what it began isn't still that same essence? For one, it's evolving as it should. And for two, it's growing. It grows. Each time the next the next batch of rappers gets more money. The guys before me, I came in in the late 80s. The guys before me did not tour arenas mm-hmm. and have platinum albums. You know, that Run DMC, LL Cool J, they kicked that door open. And Public Enemy, Tribe Called Quest, Too Short, that era, Boogie Down Productions, E-40, we all, you know, uh, NWA, we all benefited off the Run DMC, LL Cool J door opening up. Uh, you know, Run DMC showing you that mi- we have millions of fans. And then, you know, guys like Steve Stout going into corporate America and saying, you better use these guys to sell some products. But it's been a long, hard fight. Now you could you could um, get popular and the companies will come looking for you to be there, endorse their products. 
but they didn't want to have anything to do with us. We were we were like limited to like malt liquor beer back in the day. Yeah. Correct, correct. And you just said, and you said Run DMC opened the door. Run DMC, L Cool J, Kumo D opened the door for you. Who did, who did Too Short and E Forty open the door for? I mean, literally the entire Bay Area independent music scene. That independent spirit is funny because where I got it from was was it came from necessity, and E Forty E Forty got it from the same place. Not very shortly after me, like we we're from the Bay. If you wanted to find a company, a music company, entertainment company that would pay attention to you and then invest in you, you had to go to Los Angeles or to New York. That's the only place those companies were at. So out of necessity, E40 in his own world, he didn't call me and and ask me how to do it. He he had the same desire to be heard in in the to make money off his music, and he figured it out. I was in the same position. I figured it out. Like, I'm not going to go to New York and get signed. I'm not going down to L.A. and asking Motown to sign me. They don't have any uh, rappers on their label. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was like, it was a dream that didn't seem attainable, so independence was the only way. And as soon as we went independent, the music was already popular from what we were doing in the streets. As soon as we made a, le- a legitimate independent music hustle with our own self-owned companies it just made a lot of money immediately and that 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 set off a sort of an arrogance in the bay because you're looking at your hometown guys and they're doing really big things and they're doing it on their own terms and that that means that now everybody goes i saw i saw 40s formula i saw two shorts formula i'm about to do the same I'm going to go to the same guys they put this through and then I'm going to get my value up. And then when the majors come at me, they're going to have to pay me big. You know what I mean? So in a lot of our cases, when we, um, by the time we got discovered by the mainstream, we were always making a lot of money. We were, you know, you, you go in there and you, you, you making $5 yeah. for every cassette tape you sell back in the day. And you got thousands on top of thousands, on top of thousands of people purchasing us. And that money goes straight to you. Once you get into the system, you know, if you got to go around with your demo asking people to sign you, you're going to get like a a real low end kind of acceptance, a a, a not so good deal. But if you go in there and you're already the master of your profession and you, you know, selling units and you're like, bro, I don't really need the money you offer me. What you offering? You get a better deal, you know? So that's what we gave. We gave the game. We gave it the independent hustle from the Bay and it still lives to this day. So the independent hustle came from the Bay and you gave the game to others. They saw how you did it and they replicated it. So not only is it, I would say just outside looking in, you also, which is still so odd for me to even say, especially my, my power to the woman ass, right? You also made it okay for whatever reason to use the word. Now, is it because it's, there is a, a lyric to it? You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's melodic. You know, what the, how is that okay? Because even, and I'm love NWA, love Ice Cube. Even when they did, it was disrespectful. There, it wasn't so disrespectful for the conversations that we had personally, just yes. the, the few, and we've sat around and talked. We have. Um, I did not bring that word into my music in a disrespectful tone. So 
I can say a very disrespectful line. You can write it down on a piece of paper. But the way I said it in the music, it makes it a little more, you know, either it's funny because that's what it was. If you say it on the right punchline, it makes you laugh. Or it, might, <laughs> it could be sort of enticing because you, you got to understand. Also, this is from I'm, I'm mimicking and and like turning entertainment into something that I got from really real life pimp culture and, right. and pimp culture. These words are not, they don't mean the same thing There's a totally different meaning in pimp culture means baby. Like my love it's, it's like the same. That's that's what it means. It's like a term of endearment and I'm mimicking this and I'm making, you know, a lot of the humor is what made it go by. And I also put it in, I didn't put it, it didn't come from me to you. I always go listen to the two short songs. I'm always talking to the listener and we're talking about her. And that makes it easier to digest is that right when you hear, you go, he's he's definitely talking about her, not me. So I give you that option to to either play the role or to deflect it and go, I'm feeling what he's saying because they are like that. She is like that, you know, and, and <laughs> so you either okay. laugh it off, you deflect it. And then somewhere along the line, I don't think I get credit for this. I think popular culture and, you know, just culture in general. I don't want to put in any word before it, but women, when they started going, let's go with my, you know, and then like, and you walk up, you like, who's that? That's my like and it's the way the tone. None of those were disrespectful. And uh, women took the word. That yeah. probably the reason why it naturally happened is because it came from misogynist hip hop. And women yeah. listened to the music, loved the music, didn't really set well with them. And they said, just like the word, we own this word now. Only time you can call me this word is when I say you can. And when, mm-hmm. that, when it's not authorized, you're going to feel the wrath. And it went mm-hmm. there. And mm-hmm. it just flipped it, you know, and um and a lot of why don't people, you give yourself credit for that? Because I think but in when you talk about the masses and what the music was doing, it was hip hop really took to And I think that um you, you the backlash is happening right now. The female rappers. They are on male rappers and male every day all day i can't i turn it up louder meg go heart go cardi go like jasmine sullivan even even the rappers it's in soul it's just that was the evolution it just had to it had to happen you can't you can't keep hip-hop out that long you can't keep females out that long you can't you know what i'm saying hip-hop had a policy that said one female at a time goes on the pedestal Mm-hmm. She comes off the Trina, pedestal. Nikki, yeah, and then well, they all come in and they're like, "Yeah." Once she's off the pedestal, another one goes up. Never can. Right. If we got two, the pedestal's crowded. Yep. And they're like, "No, thank you." All of us can thrive. All of us. During this win. entire time, we've been having MC Lights. We've been having Lauren Hills. We've been having. Yes. Lights. We've been having. Right. It, it was. It was. It was a. You know, it was the same struggle in society, but now it's all. All that's done. But. I will say, I will say, even the type of music where these women are, are the, what, what I was referring to, and I don't know if you're saying that too, yes, these female rappers are getting after it, but they're talking 
just as reckless as y'all talked at one point in time. And it's with intention. And, and maybe it started with little Kim, maybe before then, right? But my point is, is that it's very much this empowering anthem that takes away um, the the stigma that says you can call me a hoe. The stigma that says you, the, I, I'm a hoe if I decide to get it how I live, right? Or, or yes, the word used incessantly in a very endearing way. Um, I still credit you with that. But <laughs> I'm watching. I, I, I'm watching these women. And I'm all like, oh, she, she's like, I want this money. You better give it to me. If you ain't got no money, I ain't trying to hear you. Like back in the day, that's unheard of. You're not allowed to say that because you can't be a gold digger. So everything that we've been listening to with male hip hop and all of the derogatory terms, these women are like, no, nah, that's right. I'm I mean, all of those some, things. Some, bread. Dope, some dope female rapper stood at the table one too many times listening to a song that said, it ain't tricking if you got it. Uh, you know, that's right. I'm gonna buy you this. You gonna do this for me? And she was like, you know what, motherfucker? Right. We gonna do this on my terms. Yeah, <laughs> you gonna buy it, but not on that little. You said this. This is how it goes. And you know, Nick, Nicki Minaj. You know, she she's Nicki Minaj. But I I give it to little Kim. Like, little I feel like little Kim was doing it before, very inappropriately. And we were like. Oh. How dare you? She, and then you're she, like, she's a trailblazer, pioneer, Lil Kim, Foxy Brown. They blaze that trail. Heck of, yeah! Of uh, you know, when we do let a female on, she's got to be sort of regal and she has to be respectable. And and they was like, you know what we have to do? Pay the bills. Press fast forward. Press fast forward. Press fast forward. Back in a moment. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment. Connected with. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Uh, thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, 
Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion, a champion and carry champion, they girl you did it. Got a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment, get naked with Welcome back, y'all. Too short. I want to go back because you said something and I want to buy education because this is for educational purposes only. Mm-hmm. That comes from pimp, the pimp culture, the pimp life. My friend was here a moment ago and she immediately identified you as pimp daddy, right? That's Knowing, <laughs> I know, but she was just like, he's a true OG pimp. Like she says that to me all the time. Like she was like, he's <laughs> our OG pimp. Whatever that, not in, not in the way that you are. You understand what I'm saying? But it's, so, the, it's the pimp game. It's from Oakland. Tell me about that. Tell um, me about what that means. Oakland was a city at one time that was like the vice, where you go for your vices. In the Bay, the Bay Area has millions of people. And there are places you go, but then Oakland was that city that people knew like you go there to party we had clubs that were like fun uh and you know we had right next door to us is the is the alameda navy naval base that was right next door to oakland alameda is the city next door to oakland we -hmm. had oakland army base which was like west oakland it's in in oakland was and then right up the street we had the travis air force base so you got all these military guys, you got all these um, people from around the city and the suburbs that need to go somewhere to get their vices on, which um, I don't think I need to name the vices, but it's the things you do when you go out and party and, you know, then you go back to where you're from and act like you didn't do it. You know, people would come to Oakland to get that thing. And this is a story that was told to me about of somebody older than me. So mm-hmm. you hear you have this demand and you have poverty and you have underprivileged and then it just becomes you know the pimp culture is a thing that thrived in many cities and it was a when you think about it you try to picture cars with too many accessories dudes with suits that match the shoes and every Mm -hmm. time you talk the words rhyme that was Mm -hmm. an image that was portrayed but in reality all you had to do was provide the service and it wasn't just the vices i talk about was not just women it was anything else you might want to get to have to party and have fun. So mm-hmm. a lot of dudes in Oakland, like it was 
if you're my age, I come out of high school in 1984. If you're my age, I'm in high school in the early 80s, and I see this. Anything you've seen in a movie, and you looking back and going, them old pimps look at? I saw that on the streets. And before crack cocaine came into the neighborhoods, and I, if I can talk like this, a pimp, you can. a pimp and a prostitute were very much respected as they looked and what they drove and how they stepped out. And mm. they didn't, it wasn't like, oh, she's some crack hole, she's dirty. No, it was like, I'm wearing the best clothes and I look good. And it was like a fashion show. And because of all the things I named to you before, it thrived in our area. It thrived. There was a, a big demand. The entire Bay is coming to you for these vices. And, and then in the culture, so then you get the guys who they're really good at it. They're really good at the imaging of it and the marketing of it and the, the card and matches and the, you know, it's just whatever, all the way down to the, what the girls are wearing and, and, and the, the little things they do just to make it like, you know, it's a show. It's entertainment. Outside of the actual work, 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 it's entertainment. And I just took to that. I'm a little kid. I'm like, I'm out on the streets. We used to go down to watch the show. Like you're going to play at the park. We're going down to San Pablo and we're going to kick back and watch. We like, we can't get into action because we're not the guys and the girls, they're like, Get out of here, little boy. Like, get, get on up right. out of here. But we out there yeah. just like watching. And I decided when I started writing music, it just hit me one day. I, I'll tell you what happened. I heard the song, The Message, Grandmaster Flash and Furious Five, The Message. And The Message gave me a visual of what was going on in New York. I could see New York and I wasn't even there. The song, mm-hmm. if you're right now, you can picture the story. And I, and I said right then, and the first time I heard the song, I said, I'm going to tell the story of Oakland. And that's when I started doing it. And mm-hmm. I just started looking at the streets and looking at the people and listening to what they say. And I put it all in songs. And, you know, I tried to balance out what I did. Okay, you're saying these things that are very negative in certain songs. Well, let's do like two or three songs to counter that that are very positive. And mm-hmm. let's, let's kind of always have a balance. People don't even know this. Probably like the first four major label albums that I did. When you put the album on, I don't curse. I don't say one curse word until maybe like 30 minutes into the each album. The reason that was is because back then it was cassettes. And uh, Born and Mag, Life is Too Short, Short Dogs in the House, Shorty the Pimp. All these albums were designed so that if you play side A, it's clean. If you flip it over and play side B, it comes, it becomes extremely explicit. And I've saved many a kid from getting the ass whooping with that because the kids from back in the day were like, grandma would pop in the room and say, what you listening to? And I just flip the cassette. I say, it's too short. <laughs> and it's just, yeah. like, and people, I thought I heard, I thought I heard some cuss. I'm like, nah. Well, so, and that, yeah, and back in the day, cursing was unheard of. Now, if you're not cursing, it seems it seems bizarre and odd. And, I'm, and I just, I figured if I'm going to bring light to this pimp culture and my image is going to be a pimp, I have to, like, personally, I have to personally save myself and out 
for conversations like this, for when I'm with my auntie and my mother and they they saying, the hell is you saying on that song? And then I kind of, mm-hmm. I have, I'm like, well, I listen to this song, the ghetto auntie. I ain't just make freaky tales. And then she go, oh yeah. Okay. 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 Was that with intention though? It, when you did it, you said you purposely did it, but the intention behind it rather is probably the question was so that you appealed to a broader audience so that you didn't seem disrespectful to women so that people knew your versatility. What was the intent? Way more simple than that. It was because I was reporting Oakland to you and all of that is Oakland. Oakland ain't just a pimp and a hoe. Oakland is, mm. Oakland is every song Too Short ever wrote. Listen to it. That's what, that's what the spectrum is. I'm looking at the city like an artist. If an artist whose visual is feeding off a city, you're going to keep seeing that city in that art. Well, as a musical artist, I was feeding off the city. And you, the music, I, I, I feel like I'm a fan of Too Short because I know where the songs came from. Like, I really know that I would be sitting in a room playing dominoes with the homies and I'm going, I'm kind of recording because they say the funniest shit and the slickest shit and the craziest stories. And when I leave there, I'm probably going to have something in my head that's the, the, the foundation of a song because we laugh so much and it's just real life. Somebody come in and tell you a story about what they just saw down the street. And I'm like, that is a song that really happened. Like, and so many of my songs are stories I heard in Oakland or things I saw in Oakland or things I just thought of thinking like what would be an Oakland scenario. And I just used it. I, Oakland has been like my muse for music. Like when I lived in Atlanta, I was in Atlanta, based in Atlanta for almost 15 years. Mm. Entire time I was in Atlanta, it was so easy for me to write songs because in my mind, I have all this Oakland that I can re- refer to. And I'm just thinking, you know, and I go at the time I was traveling back, back and forth a lot, but it was just easy because I got a pen and paper in my hand and I got nothing to say. Yeah. I just think about Oakland. I could tell you um, a, a true story. It's kind of personal, but it's true. And I was um, in the studio with Notorious B.I.G. And we were making a song called um, The World is Filled with Pimps and Hoes. And on that song, Puffy comes on first. And then the hook comes is Carl Thomas. Biggie comes on. And then Carl Thomas back. And now it's my turn. Now we're at the studio. Carl Thomas has already done his part. The hook was already on there. Mm-hmm. Puffy was bringing us to the session to finish the song. That night, me and Big were going to record our vocals. Puffy's verse is already on there. So he's the first verse. He pushed play. Now it's two blank verses. Biggie goes in the studio and like that, he lays a verse that's like classic. Mm. Now everybody's laughing, smoking, and they look over at me. What you going to do? I didn't know what to do. I'm like, I can't. (laughs) Biggie didn't write his verse. He just sat around while everybody was laughing and shit. And went in there and said, I'm ready. And he just goes in there and raps his verse. No pin, no pin. Some shit that him and Jay-Z and they, you know, they they got all all the rappers with the no pin. They started that no pin shit. So Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there with a pen and paper that I haven't written one word on. And I'm like, damn. 
Like I'm a, I'm 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 in New York. My back's up against the wall. It's pressure. So I got one person with me, my homie from Oakland, my homie P. One person's with me, and I I I go confide in him. And I'm like, damn, he just murdered that shit. He like, I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck am I gonna do? Like, what? he said, listen to the song. The song says, the world is filled with pimps and hoes. I'll just tell you about those I know. Mm. That's what the hook says. P said, neither one of them rapped about a pimp or a hoe. Just do what the song says do. I wrote the verse so fast after that. I'm like, shit, all I got to do is tell you a story about a pimp and a hoe that I know. Oh, <laughs> and it just, and I just easily just step into it. And there's a little bit of truth to the story I'm telling. There's a little bit of truth to the stuff I'm talking at the end. Sure. And I got it from Oakland. And and the reason why I said it's a personal story, because there was some people in that story that got mad at me. It's like, well, oh, really? It's like, yeah, it's a true story. Wow. I would say, as we have this conversation. Say it again? I didn't name anybody's name, so that's what oh, of course not. Yeah. They're kind of mad at me. Okay. As we have this conversation, um, I feel like you're giving us, and, and this is one thing I do love about the people from the Bay, you're giving us um, an anthology, if you will, of, of hip-hop from Oakland, from the town, from, from the Bay Area. I'm giving you a much smaller word than anthology. I'm giving you game. That's it. In short. <laughs> in short. In too short. Um, a four-syllable word. <laughs> you get game. You ain't got to hit me with your big words. I know you went to school, Carrie. <laughs> Nobody give a damn about your big ass words. Game, Gary, game. Take your big words and get out of here. Um, <laughs> but it, it is that. And it's fascinating to me. And so I would want to, I want you to describe Northern California hip hop versus South Southern California hip hop. And for that matter, gangster rap versus what you did. Like okay. there is growing up here, there's a significant difference. Okay. I think. Yeah, it's um every city has its heartbeat in the rap music that comes from there. The hip hop that comes from Chicago has a very Chicago vibe, as does Detroit, as does Houston, as does Miami, as does Atlanta. And a lot of people outside of California listen to songs that come from Southern California rappers and songs that come from Northern California rappers, and they say, that's West Coast. And I say to them, that's an L.A. song. And they say, what the f*** does that mean? And I'm like, "Yeah, it's different than a bass song. They're like, I don't know what you're talking about. West Coast is West Coast. And I'm like, well, if you're from there, you kind of know that it's different. So for one, people from outside of our side of the world, they don't get the the gist of you can get in a car and go from New York to Washington, D.C. faster than you can from L.A. to Oakland. <laughs> and they don't understand that going in that car from New York to D.C., you just went through how many cities? Philly? Oh, what? <laughs> like you went to Philly. Uh, yeah, probably depending. Yeah, you're right. It's several. Jersey. I don't know. Go on. <laughs> so I'm saying you, you, you hit a lot of little baby cultures before you get there. And that's like, that's how far apart we are. And I don't think they, so far apart. yeah. And, and it's, um, we like, 
like a big brother, little brother, like first cousins or something. We're related. I was going to say, say distant cousins, but related. I don't know, but you're right. I don't know. I've, I've seen people from LA touch their foot on the ground in Oakland, California for the first time and go, where am I? Is, Correct. Am I in California? Like, where am Correct. I? Like, it's, Correct. It is a culture shock that is that much different. And then, you know, looks wise, the water and the bridges and then the hairstyles, you know, L.A. L.A. women are like, what you Barry girls doing with y'all hair? Come on now. I don't know. <laughs> no, no. Like, I'm going to let my thing do what it do. Uh, no, I was going to say, I was going to say the women that I know from the Bay all have their own hair. They're very natural. They're very laid back or that's their their appearance in which they choose to give they bad bad but they just give a very la's a bit more you know a little more sceny but but when i listen i clearly know the difference because i grew up in southern california but if i'm listening i'm hearing gangster rap versus another type of story that you just talked about i'm just giving you the history of where yeah, i'm from there's a, a pride there's a lot of blue and red in there the blue and red you know references of um neighborhoods and gangs there's a certain little beat um I don't necessarily want to just say the G funk and just say it's Defro and Dr. Dre or anything like that, but there's a certain beat because you can hear it like in some Ice T songs and a lot of right, right, a lot, a lot of um, Southern California rappers like King T. It was a lot of people that did that sound. DJ Quick and mm-hmm. and you know <clears throat> I love the evolution of LA rap because. You, if you know certain little references, there's a lot of references in there that they don't some, sometimes boldly say. And it's um, it's a hidden language that if a lot of people listen to the music and memorize the words and still don't know the true meaning no. of what they're saying to each other and what they're talking about when little, little references uh, that are only like gang related or only street culture related. And... <clears throat> Like Dayton's, like remember, everybody don't know what Dayton's are. They don't know their type of rim. That when NWA would always be like cruising down the street in my six four, right? It's like I feel like that's a LA thing with like rims. I know that you might have had that there, but it felt very that beat that that familiar, like going down Crenshaw, like on a Sunday, and there was Look a car club. All the three wheel motion, all that, and talking about the lowriders in hip hop. LA rappers put the lowriders in the videos from day one mm-hmm. and they represented the lowriders from day one in the Bay lowriders with hydraulics is Mexican culture. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not black culture. And even though some of us have ventured over and dabbled, it's really not, it doesn't really mix. Like we, we meet up, the, up, up North. Like when we go to a car show or something, the Mexicans with the lowriders, Black dudes will be having like high performance and like different kind of old schools. Same old school love, but just fix them up different. We meet up because we all go for the the booming sound system, and it's all it's the same. But we're not really into like hydraulics and stuff. And then as as Northern California rappers, we respect that. But you don't see um a lot of NorCal rappers like sw- hitting switches that never. No, no, it's there. It totally. Is. <laughs> that's, that's, no, that's a difference. Um. Yeah. I mean the slang the slang is like tremendously oh different. Like the slang is we use is, is worlds apart. 
we and we use different words and we um and we uh it's different. I don't know, it's just different. It's different. And and it is so different that as soon as you hear a song, up to this day, so you know us older cats, we don't really instantly identify everything new in hip hop. It's not like instant, oh, oh yeah, that's uh, so and so, you know? So mm-hmm. I'm not even really trying to most of the time. I wasn't even really trying to do that back in the day. I just listen to music. If I like it, I like it. I don't, I don't. But I can right. still to this day listen. And I'm listening. I'm like, my DJ, Um, he's really like into everything. So he's like, he got the files on everything. He got everybody. He know every song. So he'll be playing some shit. We riding in the car, you know, out on the road doing shows or something. And I'm like, uh, listen, I'm like, I'm like, where homie from? You from LA? He's like, yep. I'm like, I can hear it. And I'm like, uh, another song, come on. I'm like, who's that, a new little homie? Like, yeah, he knew. I'm like, where are you from the bank? Where are you at from the bank? I can hear everything he's saying. A certain way he talks and a certain lingo he uses is from the bank. And then the production, the way the beat sounds. We cross the line and kind of bite each other's styles from time to time, but you still can tell. Yeah, oh, 100%. If you pay, like, you, if, if people really gave it a chance, you could tell. So, I think even on site, you use the, the female reference, I, the guy reference. I could tell a dude from the Bay versus a dude from LA, like, right away. You, how we move, how we talk, how we think, what we think is important. You know what I mean? Bay Area male rappers are stuck on reminding you that we are not going to trick on you. Mm. They got so many ways to refer to. I ain't tricking. I ain't tricking. That we love to say we're not tricking. Um, <laughs> LA rappers always slip that little gang culture. <laughs> they always throw a little reference. Oh, hood. Like you wouldn't even know what. Oh, hood. You wouldn't even know what that means if you're not from the culture. Yeah. I okay. So I asked you this because there was a debate happening. Now I get your opinion on it. Was someone left out in the Super Bowl? In the Super Bowl performance, the old to hip hop, which I thought really felt very South Central, very gangster rapish to uh, me, right? Dr. Dre's affiliates that really did good. The game had an album that sold five million copies, the first one, but you know, game he like to step on toes a lot. So I don't know I don't know where him and Dre are in the love and and you know, love and hip hop fan. Do you think he do you think he should have been there? Because that's where I was going. The conversation is, where's the game? He should have at least had one, no? Uh, well, you said if somebody wasn't there, who was it? I, would, I said the game because he had a five times platinum album that Dr. Dre produced. But I think that maybe Dre was just going on. I don't know relationships. I don't know. I, mean, I don't. I don't know where they stand. So it could have something. Not, it, yeah. No. And I don't want to get into relationships. That. That's that. I, but I mean, what, he could have had a little moment with um a quickie with like the dog pound. Or the, That's what I'm saying. Did you feel like family? what? Right, was, correct. I'm saying, wait, did we miss the dog pound? Was Daz and Corrupt supposed to be there? Do we want, did we think the game should have been there? Is there another, is there somebody else who was quintessential to this hip hop game that Dre has affiliations with that should have actually been there to represent LA? The most that I hear consistently is dog pound and the game. Yeah, but he, um, consistently. he could have I mean, Dre has so many classics. He could have did a whole halftime concert that was 15, 20, 30 minutes, and we would have loved it, you know? So I think he dealt with it the way, with how much time he got. It was perfect. Um, The next tier of guys that didn't make it, 
it just, I mean, just look who you didn't make the cut with, you know, 50. That's a, okay. Yeah. Harry, you know what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. can't feel bad. No, the game, the game went on, um, I am athlete and said, which is another podcast that Brandon Marshall, former NFL player has and said he, he felt left out and, and it hurt his feelings, but you're right. Like who he, Dre, you know, he's at the top, he's on Mount Rushmore. So he had so many, like you do have to make, I'm sure that was the conversation who, who won't make it, but who I mean, needs to be out E40. That would have been cool. I was thinking that too. I, mean, I was thinking that too. You want to start saying I mean, buck. Left, left out. I got left out. You want to start saying something? I mean, why are you keeping it? But and then I, saw, I was like, well, is it in my mind? I was like, well, is it just S- Southern California? Just but I'm like, no, because Eminem was there, right? 50 was there. So I'm all like, I don't I'm understand. Kidding. Snoop, Ice Cube, and E40 have a group called Mount Westmore. So it makes sense, right? Ice Cube and E40 all said to Snoop, uh, why you ain't bringing Mount Westmore to the Super Bowl? <laughs> I. Ice Cube, right? And I know their their beef is legendary, but they're still the same, right? Ice Cube and Dre are homies. They made a, made a movie together called Straight Outta Compton. They're homies. So then, why wasn't he there? I'm just saying it. It was the the, the what he put together was a dope show. What he could have did was it could have been a, a lot more, you know. But he did it good. I enjoyed it. I just had I had to ask you that question. I want to get your take on it. Now that's the that's the sh- right. It's like a top five. When you create a top five, you always got to leave somebody out. That's in sports in our world. If you want to start an argument, you do the generic conversation of "Give me your top five. Yeah, because um, there ain't no such thing. Why? Because when you start going, make me a list. You got to account for a lot of of um, variables that could have, would have, should have. Okay. And from year to year, era to era, region to region, rules, regulations, it's just too many things to factor in. And then you can't tell me that, um, you know, like, um, like Rolling Stone keeps doing these long ass lists of like best albums, best. I'm like, who the is the judge? Like that's the, that's always, that's always the question to where does the list come from? Because this ain't my list. It's not my list. So lists irritate people. And they make you mad because you're right. You don't count. You're like, well, what do you mean? When we say top five, or even if we say LeBron versus MJ, right? Somebody will be like, well, what about this? And he had that. And they played differently. Or they did this differently. Or he only had this many chips. That's the answer. The answer is, how many chips do you have? That determines who's the GOAT. <laughs> and I agree with you. Like, you can't, you can't, everyone's, everyone's, is that, that list will be subjective. So. With that being said, I'm going to start how I began this. I'm going to I'm going to pick up where I began this conversation and talking about the evolution of one too short. Mm-hmm. You have 80s, 90s, 2000s, 210s, 220s, still thriving, still moving, and I had and I asked E40 this too. What is it? You talk about the industry evolving and understanding, but as are you. Why, why are they just now, not even just, but if we look, look at you performing uh, at Golden State Warriors game, why is it just now, right? I think um, in the case of me and 40 and even, you know, guys like Snoop, Snoop and, and Cube, we're icons now. We're no longer recording artists. And no matter how many shows we do or how many future albums we put out, 
icon status is locked in. It's locked in. And when you take your icons and you talk about, I mean, I, we can go down the list of athletes and entertainers who we gave icon status. You're in. Your latest hit no longer matters. You're my guy forever. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them don't do iconic things after they receive icon status. Like you get your status and that's your body of work. That's it. That's how many home runs you hit. That's how many ch- chips you won. That's how many fights you won. That's how many you're icon. But we're the kind of icons who keep building on, keep going, keep going. I'm still doing shows. I'm still recording. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm not in the house sitting on a porch in a rocking chair telling stories about my first tour. Not doing that. So I think, you know, guys like us, Ice Cube is rich. He's in the studio <laughs> songs, going on tour. Like, you ain't got to go on tour. He's doing it because he loves it. Correct. But literally, Ice Cube says, I'm having fun. We're in the middle of a show, stage, crowd out there. He's like, this is fun. So I'm just saying, to be that age, to be that age and to, to feel that way about your craft, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like you got some yeah. guys in basketball that if they weren't coaching, they would be like miserable because mm-hmm. they want to be a part of the game. I've heard oh, guys say, just being uh, commentators, like, man, I just want to be in the building. That's why I'm doing That's what I'm doing. I don't want to be away from the game. That put that same phrase in too short, the same word. I want to be in the building. I want to be around the game. Put that in too short. Put it in Oakland, California. Put it in the pen. <laughs> I just want to be in the building. You know, I want to be around the game. You know, it's the same thing. I ain't nothing but a Hall of Fame NBA player, you know? <laughs> For sure. Ballers want to be rappers. Rappers want to be ballers. It's very equivalent, right? The the, the business is very much the same in that way. Um, I was an NBA player, and I ended up being a head coach. This is where I'm at now. I'd be happy. I'd be happy to get out there, practice with, with my guys, and still shoot some hoops. And, you know what I mean? feels good. What NBA player is the equivalent of too short? Uh Anybody who played those, uh, you know, LeBron seasons, man, those seasons. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a LeBron type, you know, because he's like a um, a hybrid human, and we're yeah. probably gonna find out in the future that he was the first, oh, for sure, prototype half <laughs> human, half robot. Like he just didn't tell us, for sure, when he show us for how sure. robot was. But sure. um, give me a name. I'm trying to think. Who's had the career that you've had? Who who reminds you of you? In terms of what you've been able to accomplish and what they've been able to accomplish, playing or retiring. I would say like a Vince Carter. Like you never have to be, you don't got to be MJ, but every time you do it, they go, ooh. And every time you hang in that rim with that elbow, you look down at everybody and say, like, (laughs) and you don't have to ever, ever walk in a room and tell people what you did because other people are going to talk about you. That part. And they already know. And they all I've know. never seen Vince Carter brag. Ever. He don't need to. I brag on him. <laughs> you do. <laughs> he don't, he don't need to. Yeah. So that's that's my kind of guy. How many seasons did he do? 19, 20 what? He did 20. 20. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's like, and, and could have still played again. Could have continued to play. He was like, it's just time. I'm going to do some TV now. 
Yeah, so that's my kind of guy, yeah. I love that. What do you have uh, going? I know you mentioned Mount Westmore. We know that's an iconic group. They can check you guys out. E40 talked about it. I love the idea of y'all out there still being like, it's fun. We getting it. What about music for you? What are you working on? Well, the quarantine was a beautiful thing in terms of uh, recording music. I recorded not only two Mount Westmore albums, I also recorded two solo albums. And mm-hmm. as we speak, my guys in the room, two rooms over in the studio, mastering album number two. Album number mm-hmm. one is already ready and about to be released. I'm going to drop the two albums really fast because I don't have this grand plan of spreading them out and doing it. I'm just, it's like a now thing. Mount Westmore is coming out. I'm going to drop a couple albums. E40 is going to drop some stuff. We just, <clears throat> We're just making that statement like hip hop. Who said I can't? Who told me I can't? You know what I'm saying? Like I'm walking out in front of like sold out arenas and I'm thinking to myself, I did this when I was 20. Mm. I was 20 years old, like 36 years ago. Mm. And I was doing the same thing. I was 14 years old. I was on a microphone rapping next to the DJ trying to rock the crowd. I'm still doing the same thing. I'm rapping on stage. The DJ's right there. The same thing 40 years later. So I'm out there looking at the crowd going, this is a blessing. Like this is, I'm, I'm like, I had enough of this a long time ago. I had, I had my more than my share. And you're going to give me more. I'm like, just wow. Wow. The music sounds good. I refuse to make um, music that doesn't sound good, even though hip hop does have its, um, it does have its ageism. The older rappers don't want to give respect to the younger rappers. But at the same time, the industry, the mainstream hip hop industry doesn't want to give any play to older artists. So mm-hmm. so that hate is all over the place in ageism. It's cool. It's 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 all right with me. Because nature every business. <laughs> when your icon status, it doesn't matter what your last hit was. The the, the phone never stops ringing. Um, you've looking with the videos that have been going viral lately. The, the OG frat dudes dancing, the, stepping the two short, blow the whistle. You know what I'm saying? And it should go viral. It's like your place is you is you you see. It's it. solidified. It's yeah. correct. You said several things, right? That I find super inspirational. That I, that in my mind, I'm like, okay, this what's next? One was at the beginning, you were like, there was a dream that didn't seem realized, so you did it on your own. Mm-hmm. That in itself is a bar that anyone who's listening should think about. It didn't seem like you wanted to help it or it was there. So I went in, I went out and got it. Yeah, it didn't then seem available by going and asking people for it. Yeah. So you went out and got it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it myself then. I'm not going to ask you for it. I won't let you determine my worth or my value. I'll figure that out on my own. Then it was the true story, icon status. Like mm-hmm. I'm here and I'm still hustling. And it is a fact. And the Vince Carter of, I don't have to brag about it. You already know about it. Mm-hmm. Someone will, else will tell you about it. Like that, to me, in itself, is a beautiful thing when you look back on your career and the career you currently have and what you still, the possibilities that are endless. You, in an ageless business that tries to tell you you can't, and you're still saying, I can. I started hustling. I'm going to figure this out no matter what. So all of that, for me, whether you knew it or not, really speaks to my spirit. I appreciate you. You've given me more than enough time. And you know, I'm a huge fan. Not only, and I say this to your face, but you're a solid human. Like you're not on any other, I'm just a good dude. I, I'm by myself. I roll by myself. I'm hella easy. We want to sit and talk. You want to have some lunch. Just a good human. And there are very few people who have that. 
um, especially in this business. Thank you. Thank so you. Thank you. Thank rare. you. Rare. Thank um, you. It, it, it thank is, you. Industry, that is one of the main ingredients of longevity in the entertainment industry is the part where you, the people kind of miss. And it's like, you got to be real. Like they're going to let you come in here and, and act and pretend and, you know, love you, love you. But when that little routine is not hot no more, it's like, see ya. I guess yeah. Just be yourself. And build bridges, which you've done too short, ladies and gentlemen, on naked. I literally made this whole conversation about hip hop in the, in the game, the game of hip hop from Oakland. And you're like, um, I thought we were talking about, I was like, no, you gave me education today. Thank you for joining us. I know you have to go. It's not the I game. It's the anthology. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank right, you. Thank you. you. Bye. 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 Ah, um, I do love Too Short. Hopefully he will perform one day for me at a birthday party or a party in general. Private party, though, because it's the type of music that everybody can't really be around. Maybe he'll do me a favor, hook your girl up, give me a discount. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you guys for listening. I really do appreciate it. And remember, please continue to talk about Brittany Griner. Please make sure that you know what's going on. You understand all sides. You understand it is extremely complicated. And whether she was right or whether she was wrong, the right thing to do is to bring her back home. Thanks for listening to Naked. I appreciate y'all. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.